What's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Today with Trade podcast. It's late. What time is it? Two forty-five in the morning. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't gonna record this episode, but I thought I'd get it done while the finals thoughts are still fresh in my mind. And after listening to Christian's podcast, I was like, "Oh, screw it. Might as well put out another episode." To I'm looking bad with what he said, but. I think some of the stuff he said was wrong. And I mean more particularly about LeBron James. But just really want to talk about the final stuff. So somebody said the goat, the goat is here. I'll be right back. No, I won't even be right back. I'm gonna be right here. Somebody said the goat. They want the goat. You got the goat. The goat is here. Trailer Day with another episode of this today with Trey Podcast. Here we go. Okay, so the Warriors swept the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is, I mean, kind of what we expected. We knew the Cavaliers really weren't going to win the series, and this was, the writing was on the wall after game one. That's what I'll say. The writing was on the wall after game one, after what J.R. Smith did, and totally blew game one, and they had a chance to steal one on the road in Golden State with the chance to take a 1-0 series lead. And if you take that 1-0 series lead, it changes the entire complexion of the series. It was like, after what happened in game one, it just like sucked the air out of the entire locker room, out of the entire organization. And it was like, we really don't have a chance. Not that we had much of a chance before, but now we really, now we really don't have a chance to win this series. And I mean, it kind of sucks because... LeBron James had 51 points in that first game, and it was like, when he had 51, it was like, okay, well, we know he has 51 today, we know he can do it again, but he just has to have, one, Jarrett not do what he did in game one, and two, just a little bit more help. If LeBron can do his 51-8-8 like he did in game one, like just give, just give it a little, more, little bit more help. Just a little bit more help, and we're fine. We can possibly steal... Should have stole. Should have stole game one. We can possibly steal a game back in Cleveland. In this game, the series can go a minimum of six games, and then who knows what happens after that? Because game six is in your place, is in your house. So who knows? Who knows what could have happened? Could have, should have, would have happened if Cleveland had stolen game one, but they didn't. And after they didn't steal game one, it was like, well. That's a wrap. That was your one chance. That was your one chance to steal momentum, possibly steal a game or two. It was your one chance to steal a road game for sure because you weren't going to steal game six. And the only way you you would have had to win probably game you would have had, you would have had to win. Now you could have won it in six, but that probably wasn't going to happen. But the Cavs could have taken the series a minimum of six games if they had just taken care of game one. They hadn't botched game one. But, I mean, does this affect LeBron's legacy? No. Not really. I mean, okay, yeah, he's 3-6 and six in his finals career. But 
the first finals was he was carrying a D-League team. He carried a D-League team to the NBA Finals against the San Antonio Spurs. Not really much of a chance then. So that's only one of the finals. The next finals was the 2011 Finals against the Dallas Mavericks. And, okay, yeah, we all know how that ended. And it wasn't it wasn't the greatest wasn't the greatest of finals performances for LeBron and we know that. And we I mean that's past us at this point. It's there, but we've put it we've put it past us at this point. And then twenty twelve was the one against OKC. OKC was in the same position that I mean it was kind of the same position that LeBron was in the previous year where the Thunder they just weren't ready. They they really weren't. They just weren't they weren't ready for that to take on LeBron in the finals. That's just kinda of how it was. And then the next season was the start of um where he went back to back with went back to back against OKC and then won the next year against the Spurs and lost the next year against the Spurs and then won one more. So so he won in twenty twelve, won in twenty thirteen, lost in twenty fourteen, won in twenty fifteen. And then twenty sixteen they lost um lost to Golden State in twenty sixteen and then twenty seventeen obviously the three one series and then this year. No, twenty seventeen last twenty sixth year twenty sixteen was the 2017 was the year, it was last year's finals where they lost, and then 2016. No, what am I doing? Okay, I had it right the first time. 2016 was the 3-1 series, 2017 was last season, and 2018 was this year. I'm stupid, I can't. It's 2.50 in the morning. Don't judge me. It's 2.50 in the morning, okay? So that's how it goes. He's three and six in his finals career, but like, can you really knock him for all six of his finals losses? And people want to compare the three and six to MJ six and zero, oh, and it's like you can't really do that because LeBron James. Okay, yeah, he started at zero and two, but then won back to back, so he's two and two. He was he was three and three when he came back to Cleveland. No, he was two and three. How many titles did he win in Miami? He won. LeBron James has three titles. He has three titles. He went back to back in Miami. Excuse me. Went back to back in Miami, and then won one more in Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. So the ones in Miami, he won. I'm not even gonna try and list this out because I can't even do this right now. I'm, I can't even think straight right now. The only reason I'm even doing this podcast at 2:50 the morning is because it's fresh in my mind and I just want to get it out there. Um, but he has he's three and six, three and six in the finals. And like, what was I talking? About? Oh yeah, I was talking about the legacy. <clears throat> His legacy compared to Michael Jordan six and zero in the finals. LeBron James had to play a great San Antonio Spurs team with a fantastically coached. You know, fantastic head coach and Greg Popovich. Then he had to play, and then the last four finals he's had to play it was against Golden State. The first one, I mean, he starts games, good finals played, it was good, you know. Was good, good. Oh, Kyrie Irving was hurt. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving got hurt in game one. That's why they won it in six. Um, so, like, that series probably goes seven if Kyrie Irving. Kyrie 
Kyrie Irving gets hurt, LeBron James takes over and takes that finals to six games. And if Kyrie Irving doesn't get hurt, it goes at least seven, and the Cavaliers probably win. And then LeBron James is four and five in his finals career instead of three and six. So that's crazy. And then they had the finals where they came back from the 3-1 deficit when um, Kevin Love hurt his shoulder. Well, he hurt his shoulder. Kelly Link ripped his shoulder out of his socket. And it was the Kyrie Irving Kevin Love show. I'm sorry. That was... I can't even remember what year. They had the year where Kevin Love got hurt, and then you had the year where Kyrie Irving got hurt. There's two losses in the finals, and then you had the one in between. Because Kelly. No, okay, so that was last year in the Boston series. No. That was the year they won the tie. No, because Kevin Love was playing. The year, they, the year they lost. Okay, so Cleveland would lose each year. That Kyrie Irving got hurt or Kevin Love got hurt. They lost those two years. So then they won the year where everybody was healthy. And LeBron James had the block. And then this year, obviously, I mean, they had everybody healthy. But guys, just talent was not there. And one thing I will say about what Christian said, this it finally, it finally hit me. What I, the one thing I did want to say against Christian's, um, his notion about LeBron James, like, Technically, LeBron James kind of picked this team, but this isn't what he wanted because he never wanted the Kyrie trade to go down. Like Kyrie may have wanted to be traded, but LeBron James, he made it pretty clear that he didn't want Kyrie traded. I mean, why would why would you want Kyrie Irving to be traded? Even if you were trading, and Dan Gilbert botched it by trading for Isaiah Thomas, knowing unless you know. The medical reports on Isaiah Thomas's hip were just like the most messed up reports on a hip you've ever seen, and then it just they just tricked Cleveland into taking Isaiah Thomas with a fucked up hip. It was a bad trade by Dan Gilbert, and LeBron James made it very clear that he did not want Kyrie Irving traded. So, I mean, after you trade Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, like you're kind of handcuffed because. This is not what this is not what LeBron was planning on having on opening night in October. This is not what's not the opening night roster LeBron James was planning on trying out alongside of alongside of him when he in back in July when he's sipping margaritas with the banana boat gang. He's sitting there and he's thinking he's got Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving and whoever else. Uh, on it, you know, behind him, ready to go to war come October. But then Dan Gilbert and ownership pulls a trade that Kevin, that LeBron James wants no part of, and taking sending Kyrie off to Boston. You know, like you really think LeBron gives a fuck if Kyrie says he wants to be traded? Like, no, you're you're stuck with me. When I leave, you can leave or do whatever you want. But for right now. You're stuck with me, Kyrie, and Dan Gilbert folded it and sent him off to Boston, and when he could have sent him somewhere else, and I got the rule of he he could have gotten more than what he got than Kyrie than than um, Isaiah Thompson, Jay Crowder from another team, even though the Boston, I mean the Brooklyn pick Brooklyn pick is big because it's the number eight pick in the draft, and it's gonna help determine whether LeBron James comes back or not, but. 
the Brooklyn pick was probably the deciding factor um, in the trade and signing in, you know, pulling off that trade. But I think the rule of thumb that I've, like, the thing that I've always taken with me when it comes to the NBA trades, your guy isn't as valuable, it isn't, isn't as valuable as you think he is. And your guy isn't as valuable as you think he is, and the guy you're trading for is more valuable than you think he is. So, when you're doing the trade machine on ESPN, that guy you want to trade for is more valuable than just the money matchup that you're trying to put together. And the guy, when you're trying to trade for something back, your guy isn't worth two first round picks like you might think he is. Which is why... In the long run, I mean, the season's played out, everything's, you know, how it was, then, like, you could tell Boston kind of won the trade by the All-Star break, because by the All-Star break, Cleveland was packing everybody's locker up and getting ready to ship them off to other teams, ship Jay Crowder off to Utah for Rodney Hood, shipped Isaiah Thomas off to L.A. for Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson, uh, shipped out Amon Shumpert for George Hill. You know, like, at this point, you could tell Boston had won that trade. But, I mean, LeBron kind of had to make do with what he had because the ball started rolling when Dan Gilbert sent Kyrie off to Boston and LeBron James didn't want that. We all, like, we all know. Like, they didn't even, like, Dan Gilbert didn't even call LeBron and, like, consult with him, like, hey, you know, we know, the, you know, with Kyrie saying he wants to be traded, like, we know all this stuff is happening, but, like, I need to hear from you. Like, Dan Gilbert's going to call LeBron, like, I need to hear from you. Dude, should we should we pull the trigger on this? Like, I we know Kyrie's saying he wants to be traded, but should we give him, give him his wish and trade him? And I, I would imagine LeBron would, A, either say, no, we're not doing that, he's standing here, or B, yes, but when you're... Okay, but it'd be if he says yes, it'd be one of the scenarios like keep me in the loop on what we're getting back because I don't think LeBron would sign off on Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and the Brooklyn pick if he was in the loop the entire time because I, I can guarantee you LeBron knew that Isaiah Thomas had a bum hip and wouldn't be back till January. And everybody knows, like, if it's a hip injury that keeps you out, especially for a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who's like highly dependent on his his only his value is, is is how much he scores. If he's not scoring and he's not healthy, then he has no value. It's that simple for Isaiah Thomas. And at that point, and then when he's being a cancer in the locker room, spreading rumors about Kevin Love when he's done, he's sick as a dog. It's it's not helping the situation. So I mean. It was a tough season from the start for the Cleveland Cavaliers. From not even from the start, from July, from Ju literally the past year for the Cavaliers has been nothing but nonstop drama and you know no cohesiveness within the organization, both on and off the court. So, I mean, LeBron's gonna opt out. He's gonna be a free agent, and Cleveland has to. They gotta make the best offer to LeBron. Like Dan Gilbert has to, he has to sell his ass off right now to bring LeBron back because that roster that LeBron that the Cavaliers have right now, knowing Rodney Hood's gonna be a restricted free agent, 
Um, George Hill's a restricted free agent. And there's one more person that's a restricted free agent. No, you got those pending free agencies and you got all this other stuff. Dan Gilbert has to have a plan in place for LeBron. Because LeBron isn't LeBron is the most calculated person probably in any sport. Doesn't matter baseball, basketball, football, soccer, hockey, doesn't matter. LeBron is probably the most calculated person in sports. Out of and like out of all sports. And he's not gonna go anywhere unless they've placed a plan in unless they've placed a plan in front of him. And that plan that you place in front of LeBron matches not completely matches up, but it matches up to a to whatever level LeBron decides. Like that plan has to match up with his plan up to a certain point before he could before he's gonna decide to sign with your team. So Cleveland has to say, this is what we're going to do with the number eight pick. This is what we plan to do in free agency. This is how we plan to reconstruct this roster so we can go, so we can help you get to your 10th straight final. And get have give you, not only get you to a 10th straight, I mean, not 10th straight, 9th straight final. We'll probably end up being 10 anyway because we'll be there for a couple of years. But help you get to a 9th straight final. And not just help you get to a 9th straight final, but to actually give you a chance to win the 9th straight final. So that's like what... That's what Dan Gilbert has to do. Now Philadelphia can easily pitch that. We can pitch. We have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Robert Covington who can shoot. And, you know, we can bring back J.J. Redick if you want. He can shoot. Uh, we have Dario Saric. He can shoot. The only person that can't shoot is Ben Simmons. And I bet you, but I bet you, I bet you can live with that. So, I mean... Philadelphia can easily sell what they got over there. Houston can easily sell what they got over there. Down there, I mean, the only thing that Houston couldn't sell was the near guarantee that he'd be in the finals. So the only thing they couldn't sell was, I mean, you got the, still got the Warriors in the Western Conference. So, I mean, at this point, the two teams, are, like I feel like that I, me personally, feel like I have the best sales pitch to LeBron would be Philadelphia and Cleveland because... Philadelphia has their core. They have their young core. What they have, that can you can know you can sell that you can sell that to the worst basketball player in the NBA and to in the world. Like yeah, I'm signing with that team. And then Cleveland, obviously, because it's home. You got the ulterior motives. You know, it's home. What you've done for the community. What you've done for Akron. And then also we have the number eight pick. And we'll tell you what we're going to do with the number eight pick. Now, Philadelphia has a lottery pick. I cannot remember what pick it is, but Philadelphia has another lottery pick this year. Oh, yeah, they got the, the they, Philadelphia has the Lakers pick. They have the Lakers pick, which is top, it's like top five or something like that. I can't remember the exact pick. So, Philadelphia is going to bring in another lottery pick, another, and a high lottery pick at that, a high lottery pick at that. So, I mean, Philadelphia has a lot to sell LeBron. Compared to Cleveland, Cleveland's got a lot. They've got a lot of home. They've got a lot of stuff to get done. You gotta, you know, you have to. You have, the biggest thing with Cleveland, outside of the free agency, out how they're gonna reconstruct their roster. What, like, they have to hit on their number eight pick, whether LeBron comes back or not. Cleveland has no choice, but they have to hit on this pick. Otherwise, they're set. They. Their franchise is set back another 
five, six, seven years because of the, you know, the minimal amount of picks they have for the next few years. So if they don't hit on this number eight pick, whether LeBron resigns in Cleveland or not, they're kind of screwed for the next half decade. And then, what then? What then? But, um, people, I know another thing I saw was people saying about, um, LeBron and his hand. I mean, the report was that LeBron told, LeBron's camp told Brian Windhorst about, Brian Windhorst about the hand, about him essentially breaking his hand by punching a whiteboard or something like whiteboard or a wall or something after game one, after what happened game one. And honestly, I don't blame him. I mean, like, after what happened in game one, like, the way he described it in his presser was, you know, just a bunch of emotions, and emotions got the best of him. And I, I cannot blame him. Emotions would get the, like, emotions get the best of you, especially after something like that. So, it kind of, like, it kind of had me wondering, like, like I kind of always felt like something was wrong with LeBron. Like, something was just off about him in the last few games. Because, um, let me see, let me look up his stats real quick. LeBron James. Something just felt, like, off about LeBron and his numbers that he was putting up. After the 51-point game in Game One of the Finals, so he goes in the Finals. He goes 51. Then he had 29, 9, and 13, and then he had 33, 10, 11, and then he had like 27 or something like that in Game Four. <sighs> like it just, it just felt off because like his games, like his game score, even like. Drop dramatically. It was a 26, it was a 41.3. His game score was a 41.3. In game one, it was a 26.6 in game two. Shot 90% from the line in game one. Shot 77% from the line in game two. And his field goal percentage just like continued to drop. He shot 60% from the floor in game one. They only shot 50% in game two. They only shot 46% in game three. And let me see what he shot in game four. Because, I mean, like, the, the, the like from the numbers, the numbers just kept going down. That's pretty much it. Like, numbers, he shot 7 of 13, and the fact he only shot 13 shots in 41 minutes was, was mind-boggling. So, shot 48, 49% in game four. But... Something was off about LeBron after that game one. I mean, you don't see LeBron go for 51 in game one, especially in the finals when he's averaged a triple-double in the finals um, a couple of times since he's been back in Cleveland. He's averaged a triple-double in the finals, and like he's done it like it was nothing. But then the numbers just kept going down and going down and going down. And then I'm not using it as, as an excuse, but... I mean, something was off about LeBron, especially looking at the box score. And and the thing that got me, like, LeBron was passing up shots. Steph Curry was switching on and be backing down, backing down, backing down. And, like, okay, yeah, 
I can see him kicking out every now and again. Just keep him on, because if you're gonna if you're gonna jump down on me, obviously the basketball player kick it out to the open man for the three. Like he would do it over and over and over again. Like you have Steph Curry on you, and you can bully him. Go to the rack. You can go to the rack hard and get layup after layup after layup after layup. If you don't get layup, you get fouled. And then obviously, and then when they come crashing down on you, then boom, kick it out, boom, kick it out. Like when Steph Curry was switched on LeBron, and LeBron didn't take as many shots as I was hoping he would, it was like uh, this don't look right. This this doesn't look right. So I mean, but like I said, really wasn't much of a chance for Cleveland. Um, it would have taken a miracle for them to win this series. But they didn't, and Golden State is uh, champions once again. It's three out of four for them. I'm praying to God that we get to next season and somebody dethrones them. Just somebody, please. I'm so sick of watching these guys win. But, um, like I said, and, and the biggest thing for me is this – this finals loss doesn't, every finals is different. And this finals loss doesn't hurt LeBron's legacy at all, in my opinion. It doesn't hurt his legacy at all. Because, I mean, compared to what he's had in previous years and, and compared, to, compared to what he's had in, in previous years and what he was going up against this year, it would have taken a miracle for them to even get a game. It, it really would have. So this doesn't affect his legacy at all. Because for him to get a game or two, it would have taken a miracle. Even though they almost got game one, almost stole a game on the road in Oracle. It would have. <laughs> this is something not even. You finally, you guys finally found something that LeBron can't do. He can't create miracles. He tries hardest, but he can't create miracles. Um, but I mean, that's all I got. It's late. It's 3 o'clock in the morning as I'm recording this. I'm going to be up in five hours. But by the time this is posted, I'll be awake. And we might have some more finals thoughts. Training camp is right around the corner from the NFL, so I'll have some more stuff for that. Um, baseball. We'll find some news. The podcast will not die now that hockey is over, now that NBA is over. We'll find there will be news. Every day, and actually, you know, I know on my next, on my next episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about Jacob Degrom and how the Mets can not totally destroy the Cy Young season he's having. So that'll be on the next episode. But for right now, peace, guys. Congrats to the Warriors. Even though I, I can't, I can't stand them. Congrats to the Warriors. Um. And we'll see you guys wait for next October for the next NBA season. (laughs) Later, guys. This is, wait, before I say bye, backtrack, not bye yet. You already know, Today with Trey Podcast, hit the subscribe button on iTunes, leave a five-star rating on iTunes, and leave a comment because I don't know if this is true or not, but, you know, the rating system really works when you fill for the rating system. All the rating filters for podcasts on iTunes. I don't know if it's real or not, but if it is, you guys would be doing me a solid by leaving that five star rating. And I, I don't know. Comments do help. Comments always help. 
That's why I'm in the comments in it. Alright, because comments help. Help me help you by helping me. Alright, that's all I'm going to say. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a comment. Good or bad, doesn't matter. Call me out on whatever you want. Follow my follow the podcast Twitter at Today with Trey. And then you can follow my personal at Trilladay23. I don't care because you might not like what I have to say anyway on there. But do those things and then come back for the next episode when I record the next episode. And if you subscribe to the podcast, you will be notified when the next episode is up. So I'll see you guys later. You guys have a good one. Bye-bye, NBA. Until October. Bye-bye.